How's everybody this morning? Good. I'm doing better on my seventh, eighth cup of coffee right here. And uh, it's so good to see you. I'm grateful for the invitation uh, to come into the biblical literacy class. And uh, I'm just so honored to be here. I uh, am grateful for Pastor Brent Johnson and his leadership to this class. Doesn't he do a good job every week lining this up? And I'm really grateful to Mark uh, for letting me come in and trusting me with you this morning. And I'm going to do my very best to channel my inner Mark Lanier, okay? Um, now, I don't have PowerPoint uh, because I'm not even going to try that. Uh, but I am going to try uh, to use this because I brought some things uh, to show you, to write down. And uh, we're going to get after it. I know that Mark has been leading you. Uh, in uh, just how to study the Bible, different ways that you can study the Bible. He's been going through kind of made a narrative, kind of big picture items as you go through the Bible. And for me, I've just got to tell you, uh, there is nothing that I love more uh, than studying God's Word. I, I, God put it in my heart at an early age. And so this is one of my passions, to be able to talk to you about this. Now, I've got to be honest. My preparation is this right here. All right, because what I'm truly going to do is just talk you through this morning what I do in my time alone with the Lord. Now, uh, please do not let this be descriptive for you. And what I mean by that is uh, look, watching what I do and saying I've got to replicate that or do that. Uh, you know, I was reading this morning in my time alone with the Lord, First Corinthians 12. And it talks about how we have been given a different manifestation of the Spirit. We all have different gifts and abilities that God has given us. We're not all the same. Uh, it talks in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 about the church. And we are uh, one member, uh, one body, but many members of the body. And so uh, what I would encourage you to do is take what you hear today and just make it your own as God leads you in your time alone with the Lord. I hope that uh, just what I've learned through the years, my practice will inspire you and encourage you. Uh, but it's not, um, it is not meant uh, to, to uh, say this is how you have to do it, okay? Uh, it's more than anything an example. And uh, hopefully, again, you'll be encouraged uh, when uh, you leave here today. Uh, I really am uh, grateful uh, for you and uh, just your faith and uh, what you mean to our church. Uh, this class is uh, it's it's incredible to see so many believers here, all different walks of life, different ages and phases of life, and you're here to learn. And I'm telling you on a weekly basis, you don't get better than Mark Lanier. Like you are spoiled, people. You realize that, right? Uh, you are spoiled. So uh, that would be another thing. Uh, don't you dare compare me and Mark, all right? Because that ain't, uh, there's only one, I, I tell uh, I, I tell people all the time, uh, there's only one Mark Lanier. And uh, I've never met anybody uh, who has such a kingdom-minded, uh, generous heart uh, as Mark and Becky. They're a team, and uh, I love them dearly. I tell Be uh, Becky every time I see her, uh, thank you, because I wouldn't be here uh, without her leadership on the search committee that asked me to come be the pastor. So I'm indebted to Becky Lanier, and uh, I'm really grateful. But I want to go ahead and dig in. I'm watching the clock, and um, let me give you, uh, as we get going, I'm just going to write down some things uh, that uh, these are principles uh, of my uh, how I approach the scripture, how I approach my time alone with the Lord, okay? Now, uh, someone, I had uh, a mentor in my life, 
that taught me how to have an hour of power. All right, that's what he called it, an hour of power. And uh, for you, if you are not um, accustomed to spending time with the Lord, I would really encourage you, you don't have to set aside an hour. I would encourage you uh, to set aside 15 minutes. I really believe that if you'll give the Lord 15 minutes a day, he'll take 20, all right? And uh, pretty soon, you'll be giving him 25 minutes a day, and he'll take 30, okay? Uh, and, and you just begin to build up your spiritual muscle uh, by starting small. It's, it's spiritually working out is a lot like physically working out. And so you're not going to go into the weight room if you hadn't lifted a weight in 10, 15 years and just start throwing it up. If you do, you're not going to be able to scratch your back the next day, all right? Because you're going to be sore and you're going to be burnt out in like day four. So don't do that. Uh, but I really do encourage you to prioritize your time. And that's the first thing that I would tell you as you're looking. Oh my gosh, this is so Mark Lanier right here, okay? So you want to, I'm just going to put number one right here. Can you ah, oh, yes, prioritize your time. We do what's important to us. Can I get an amen? If it's important to you, uh, you set aside time for it. If family time's important to you, you make time with family. If date night's important, you're gonna make a, a date night with your, with your spouse. Uh, if, if extra golf's important, you're gonna make time for golf. We do what's important to us. And so, uh, this always starts with the heart. Uh, but I would encourage you to prioritize your time. Now, as we think about our time alone with the Lord, uh, there's a, a word I want to drive home to you as we think about prioritizing our time, and that is relationship, relationship, relationship. When you approach your time with the Lord, don't think of duty. This is a relationship. If you have trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have the Spirit of God living in you. And when you have an open Bible, you have the Word of God before you. It's living, it's active, Hebrews chapter 4 says. Sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, joints and mirror, discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. So when you get in with your Word, I just want to remind you, think relationship. The scribes, the religious leaders of the day, they knew the law backwards and forwards. Most of them had it memorized by age of 12. They knew the law. But what did Jesus constantly get on them about? He said, you worship me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. And so when we approach our time alone with the Lord, we can't think of it as much as a task to complete as a relationship to pursue. Very, 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 very important. Because this gets down to the motivations of why we're doing what we're doing. If I'm just doing something to check off a list. Rather than to approach a holy God. And grow in my relationship with him. It just changes the way that we interact. It changes the way we engage with scripture. It changes the way we engage with God. And so it is imperative. When you approach your time alone with the Lord, that you think relationship, relationship, relationship. Now, I was taught how to study the Bible. I'm a, I am a, uh, a product of the people that God has put in my life. 
And my mom and dad gave me a great love for God's word. I should have brought the very first Bible they ever gave me. It's in my study as a first grader. I still have that copy of God's word. Uh, I can remember my earliest memory sitting on my dad's lap and him reading me the stories of the Bible. And so I just want to encourage you uh, grandparents in the room or maybe young parents in the room. Uh, never underestimate the power of uh, reading God's word over your grandkids or over your kids. Great power in it. When I trusted Jesus, August the 3rd, 1989, all right, I've been a follower of Jesus for 34 years now. In fact, today is, uh, 34 years ago today, I was baptized, and I uh, remember it like it was yesterday, and uh, it was great, and I can remember my preteen minister, a lady by the name of Glenda Greer, came over to my house after I had trusted in Jesus, and she gave me a little notebook, and she taught me how to study the Bible. She taught me how to write things down, how to take notes. So I've been having a quiet time, is what we call it, uh, since I was 11 years old. And uh, since I was uh, probably 17 or 18, have been very uh, strategic and very intentional about keeping uh, a, a journal. And so uh, this is what I want to encourage you to do. Number two, you're going to prioritize your time and you're going to think relationship, relationship, relationship. But number two is, I want you to get a good study Bible. And journal. Get a good study Bible and journal. Uh, irreplaceable in your time with the Lord. So I brought three, four study Bibles through the years that I've used. Uh, oftentimes, let me just kind of tell you what I... My, my, my rhythm, uh, when I wake up in the morning, I immediately go to the coffee pot and start coffee. And, uh, these days I'm into instant coffee. So I'm trying all sorts of instant coffees. Um, I like it. Don't knock it till you tried it. All right. And I go to my study there at the house and I've, I've got, um, uh, my study Bible that I use, and I'll show you some ways that I do it. Uh, but my typical rhythm is I will read the proverb of the day. Uh, so this morning was Proverbs chapter 6. Uh, there were two things that stuck out to me in Proverbs chapter 6. Two times in Proverbs 6, uh, the Bible, God does not speak favorably. In fact, it says one time that he hates those that sow discord among the brothers. And I just wrote that down in my journal. Maybe I'll show it to you. I, so I read the proverb of the day. Then, depending upon the time, I will read one in the size of the psalm. I will read one to three to four psalms a day. Okay? Um, I have found that uh, if I read through the proverbs once a day, I will get through the proverbs 12 times a year because there are 30, 31 proverbs, 30, 31 days in a month. Uh, if I read... Uh, Three or four psalms a day, about the average. I will get through the psalms four times a year. Then I read one chapter of the Old Testament. And then I read one chapter of the New Testament. If you do the Old Testament one chapter, you'll get through the Bible in about a year and a half. You'll get through the New Testament twice in a year, just reading a chapter a day. So all of these study Bibles uh, represent years of just going through the Scripture, okay? And uh, I, I really encourage you, get a good stu study Bible. You say, what constitutes a good study Bible? Let me show you. This is an ESV study Bible. This is what I study for my sermons uh, as well. 
And so a good study Bible. Oh my gosh, amazing. All right. So uh, let's go. We'll go to the New Testament. And you can see I write a lot in my Bible. Uh, love writing in my Bible. But a good study Bible will not only give you um, uh, study notes down here, which you see. And I'm not going to tell you anything you probably don't know. Uh, but it gives you a little uh, in-depth if you're studying. And typically, here's, here's how I, I do it. Uh, when I'm first waking up, I'm not really reading for comprehension. I'm trying to wake up. I'm an early riser. I like my coffee. So Proverbs, I'm just kind of reading. I'm not really studying it in depth. I'm just, I'm just waking up, okay? Psalms, I'm getting a little bit more awake. And I'll write down something that comes off the page, but I'm not really thinking it through. Uh, in the Old Testament, uh, very rarely am I studying in depth in my personal time uh, the Old Testament. Now, again, I'll make notes. If something comes off the page and into my heart, just the Spirit grabs me. I'll write it down and think on it. I'm going to walk through all that in just a minute. And then my New Testament is a little bit more study. My New Testament is a little bit more weightlifting, okay? So I see Proverbs, Psalm, and Old Testament as my cardio. I'm just running around the track, all right? New Testament, I lift a little bit more weights because I'm up more, I'm engaged more, and uh, it's just, you know, it's New Testament. So I, 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 I eat that up. So a good study Bible is going to have cross-references. You see these right here. Now, if you've never been, um, look at this, we'll focus in. Right? Oh my gosh. All right. So uh, chapter uh, 6 right here, it says chapter 6 right there. If I'm reading chapter 6 of Ephesians... It says children, and I'm just kind of showing you how it works right here. That number five right there, uh, S rather. I go over to chapter six, verse one. There's an S right there, and I can spend as much time on this verse as I want. I can I can chase as many rabbits as I want or as I have time for, okay? So children, S, it tells me to turn to Proverbs chapter one, verse eight. And so I cross-reference. That's why these are called cross-references. And so I go to Proverbs chapter 1, verse 8. And what does it say? It talks about verse 8. There it is. Hear my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching. So it's just speaking to children. How do we, what, what does a child do? We listen to our father. We receive what our mom's saying. And so it just, again, you can chase as many rabbits as you want. Look at this right here in Proverbs. You have the, is that an I right there in verse 8? So I go over to chapter 1, verse 8. That I tells me to go to chapter 6, verse 20. So I can just go over to chapter 6, verse 20. And what is the Bible going to say? Same thing I just read. My son, keep your father's commandment and forsake not your mother's teaching. So you can, you, with a good study Bible, you can cross-reference all day long. You can study in depth. And then, of course, it's got the notes right here that give you a little bit more. So get a good study Bible. Secondly, get a journal. Okay? Now, I carry with me, if I was to take you in my study, you would see 20 years worth of journals that look just like this. And typically in my journal, I put the date that I started and the date that I ended. So this lasted from August the 5th, 2009 to January the 25th, 2010. If there was any big events, if there was any big events, okay, this is a big event one. 5.30.20 through 12.6.20. Uh, if there are any big events, I, I will write them down in uh, my... my um, 
journal here. So what was going on? Eight, eight, nine. My uncle died. So I can go here and I can look at eight, nine and see how I was walking with, you know, walking with my family through grief. So I just walked, uh, big events right here. Um, look at that. 929, William Vanderblumen called me about Champion Forest. This is my Champion Forest journal right here, praying through, uh, that. We might get to some of that. Um, but here's the deal. If you have the Spirit of God in you, and the Word of God before you, nothing is coincidence. Alright, let me say that again. If you have the Spirit of God in you, and the Word of God before you, nothing is coincidence. And the reason I say get you a good study Bible and a journal is because I believe that with this journal... You should write everything down. Number one, this focuses your mind. Anybody here mind wonder? All right. You've listened to me preach. I can go on a tangent. Any t- my mind wonders. And so writing things down helps my mind to focus. It also makes my Bible and what I'm writing down become a prayer journal. Let me... Um, let me show you what I'm talking about here. The Bible that I'm currently, that I've been in for the last few years, has been this Bible right here. And we'll just open it up to some Psalms. This has, uh, in the Bible, this has um, margins so I can write in the Bible. And um, let's see, let's see. Okay, this is this will be a good example right here. So Psalm 54, 55. As I'm reading through the psalm, and by the way, shameless plug, Psalms for a Living. Uh, I do read whatever psalm uh, of the day that I'm reading. I'll pick out uh, from Mark's Psalms for a Living devotional, that psalm of the day, and I'll just write the date at the top of that I did it and uh, come back to it. So this has been a great devotional guide for me as I read my Psalms. So read my proverb of the day, got my journal. Now I'm going to correspond. I'm just going to correspond my journal. I have the date here, um, 5, 13, 20. You see it, 8, 11, 20, 11, 1, 20, 3, 5, 20, 1. Okay, you see it all. I'm going to I'm going to correlate this with my journals just to show you what I'm doing. Now, on my journal, if I was looking at my journal from 8-6-20. Now, here's the deal. Do I do this every day? I try to. I have a, I have a rule, though. If you miss one day, don't miss two. Okay? If you miss one, don't miss two. And, um, and so I try to keep this as a discipline in my life. And I've certainly done it more days than not. Now, 8-6-20. Now, as we look at this right here, I will write this date down, and typically I start my morning with a prayer, okay? So, uh, in 8-6-20, oh my gosh, I, I haven't looked at this journal uh, this morning. I just grabbed it because I wanted to say what was going on today, three years ago, okay? 8-6-20, you ready for this? Lord, as I read and pray, I've got so much going on. Now, my handwriting's bad, and I do that on purpose because I never want my kids reading what I'm telling God, all right? So, when I die, 
there may be some things I skip over in this. I can read them, but I write in code in my journals because they will be burned when I die. All right. Uh, I am not one of those, you know, spiritual mystic giants who you're going to want to produce this. Uh, if you produce my journals, you're going to be like, I cannot believe he was our pastor. All right. Uh, because I write out what I'm feeling, what I'm going through, people's names, their situations. Again, nothing's coincidence. And that hour of power, it's engaging. It's a relationship. Okay. So, uh, if there's some things I skip or you can't read, that's purposeful. All right. So, uh, so I usually start with a prayer and Lord, as I pray, uh, read and pray today, so much going on. Now, look at this. This is unbelievable. Jeff is thinking about leaving. I was on staff at uh, our church in Dallas, and Jeff Young, our executive pastor, was there with me. We had been on the team together for uh, nearly 15 years. And he was praying about leaving. Another opportunity had presented itself. And so I'm just interceding for Jeff right there. Okay, now, these points are longer prayer points. So I might say, Lord, I read so much going on, just thinking about leaving. And I just pray God that you give him wisdom and discernment. And it just becomes a prayer point. Okay. Now look at this. Number three, look at what I'm praying on August the 6th, 2023 years ago, that CF opens up. You didn't have a pastor. And listen to this. I didn't get called by William Vanderblumen in the search firm. I did not get called by William Vanderblumen until September the 29th. So I knew God was stirring in my heart. I had gone to the website to see what Champion Forest was all about because I'd had five or six friends text me and saying, are you talking to Champion Forest? I'm giving your name to Champion Forest. And uh, I had made a deal with God that I wasn't going to give my resume out. I felt like the Lord had my cell phone and my email. If he wanted to get in touch with me, he would. And it was a test of faith because for those that know me, I'm a type A. I like to make things happen. I got a little football coach in me, like coach over here. And so, um, but it was a test of faith. Am I going to trust you, Lord, to deal with it? And so in August the 6th, 2020, before, before you had even called me to see, if, to, to even begin talks, I'm praying that CF would open up. I went in my office. I remember after about the fifth or sixth text message, and I just prayed. I watched a service here. Y'all were during, it was during COVID, so there weren't live services going on. I had to look at an old worship deal that you did, and I saw it. And I remember for the very first time, God turned in my heart saying, man, I, I, could, I could do champion for us. I mean, I just saw a heart for the kingdom. I saw a heart that reflected the kingdom. I saw the choir singing. It was black and white and brown and young and old and I thought dear God this looks beautiful this looks like a and so I'm praying for it um I've been praying for this is just what I'm writing down I've been praying for clarity and vision purpose and courage I I knew that if God wanted me to stay in Dallas I needed clarity and vision um God uh, or I'm sorry if I was going to stay in Dallas I needed vision and and courage Vision to, to, for a future and courage to do some things that needed to be done. If I was going to leave, I needed clarity. God, I'd been there 20 years. It's all my kids knew, all my wife knew. And if I, I'm going to uproot my family 
20 years, God, I need you to be clear, as clear, as clear, as clear can be. And I need you to give me a sense of purpose because when you're coming from somewhere where you've been for 20 years, starting over with relationships made me want to take a nap. Uh, I just, man, I, I didn't know. And so I'm just writing down these prayers. I'm, I'm asking you to look at this. This is unbelievable. I've not, I've not looked at this in three years. I am praying on this day, Lord, I ask you to prepare Riley and Kelsey's heart um, for a move if it's in your will. And again, I, we hadn't even started talks yet with Champion Ford. They hadn't even reached out to me. Didn't even know it was possible. And so what I love about writing these prayers out in these journals is because you can do exactly what I'm talking about here. You can go back and you can go, what was I dealing with? Three years ago, what was I wrestling with the Lord? A lot of times you see the blessing of the Lord. You know, when I go to the 1045 worship service here in just a minute, you are going to see me worship because I am right now with you reflecting on God's faithfulness because he's answered prayer, prepared my girl's hearts. He moved, he opened it up. I mean, it's just amazing what you do. So I'm always, I'm always writing. You'll see. So like, um, let me give you an example. I love uh, when you study the Bible, you're writing things down. Uh, ask yourself questions. Again, the Spirit of God is in you. And you want to ask questions. Questions like, number one, what does this text say about God. Now, oftentimes we come to the text and we say, what does this say about me? Well, the Bible ain't about you. It ain't about me. Most of the time we get in trouble because we're thinking about ourselves. So we come to the Holy Word of God and we say, God, what is this teaching me about you? Uh, I'm going to be teaching here in just a moment. I'm going to give you a, a principle in the worship center about Looking for the big idea. I'm always looking in the text. What is the main idea? The text can have a million different truths to glean, lessons to learn, but typically there's one big idea that a passage is teaching. And so I'm asking myself, what does this teach me about God? First and foremost. Because when I, if it teaches me God is faithful, what we just read, Psalm 46, 1, God is a refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. That was my Psalm reading for the day. Well, what does that tell me about God's my refuge and strength? So no matter what's going on in my life, I can endure. It's teaching me about God. As a result, I'm learning about what I need to do, what's good for me. Okay? But that is a question you want to ask. What does this text say about or to me? Now, ultimately... What does this text say about or to me? Now, ultimately, the Bible's a book of action. I think it's 1,400 times in the Bible the word go is mentioned. Mass majority of them are God speaking uh, and uh, he's talking to his people or he's talking to a prophet, a priest, a king, Jesus to his disciples. Now that you've heard me, now that I've said this, go, do it, live it. So it is a book of action. And again, this is why I write everything down. Let me show you in my Bible... um, some some things that I've written down. Uh, let's go to, let's just look. Um, let's see, let's see. I'm trying to find some names that I've written down as I've walked through God's word and prayed for names. All right, here's one right here. 
Psalm 56. I could have just looked at the second page. Um, Psalm 56. My buddy Chris Cooper right here, that's, that's his name. He is the pastor at United City Church in Humble, Texas. I prayed for him on 9-22-17 and 1-11-19 when I came to this verse. When I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? And I would pray for Chris uh, because Chris was um, looking for, uh, he was talking to different churches. And I was just praying that he wouldn't let fear of man drive him, but instead he would trust in you, Lord. And I just, again, I just write it down. Now, the reason I believe in writing things down and nothing is coincidence is because now I want, I want my time with the Lord to lead to action. And so I may just text Chris, and I've done this a number of times. I've taken a picture of the text with my phone. I've seen, I put my finger right here and I take a picture of it and I'll send it to Chris and say, Chris, I just prayed Psalm 56, three and four over you. I want you to know I love you and I'm praying for you, buddy. Nothing's coincidence. So now my time alone becomes an action plan. It becomes something that I'm living out. Uh, I, I do it a number of times. Uh, right here, 310. Look at this. Uh, this was last year. March the 10th, 2022. With upright heart, the Bible says right here. With upright heart. Verse 72. Talking of David. With upright heart, he shepherded them and guided them with skillful hands. So you know what I did in 322? That's what a pastor does. You know, if you want to know how can you pray for your pastor, you pray that I shepherd with integrity. That I, that I, I shepherd people with a skillful hand, that I know what I'm doing, and a heart full of integrity. That's what I pray for myself as the shepherd, and I, and I fully realize I'm the under-shepherd. But, on 3.10.22, this became, I, I'm praying, I don't have my 22 journal, I'm writing this out praying, but when I get to this verse, I write it right here, 3.10.22. I'm going to pray for my pastor buddies here in Houston who are shepherding congregations. So I prayed for Matt Carter, who was at Sagemont at the time. I prayed for Greg Mott down at Houston's First. I prayed for Matt Robertson, who's at the Met. I prayed for Steve Besner, who's at Houston Northwest. I prayed for my buddy Cuba, who's at United City. I prayed for Nathan Lino, who at that time was in Northeast uh, Houston. Pray for my buddy Bruce Wells, uh, Bruce Wesley and Jeff Wells. And I pray for them that they shepherd their congregations the way that David shepherded Israel. And it becomes a prayer of action. Now, I'm not going to text every one of those guys, but I might have texted them that day. And I can certainly, next time I'm with them, say with integrity, hey, I prayed for you earlier this week, or I prayed for you last month by name. And uh, it, it becomes, your time alone becomes action. Okay? So nothing's coincidence. Uh, this journaling, writing stuff down helps me see my progress. It helps me see that I'm still struggling. I mean, I could go back to a journal of, 2009, and if I was to read this, I'm sure there's some stuff that I would read that go, dear Lord, when, I can't believe you're still, you still love me and have patience with me because I'm struggling with the same thing I was struggling with in 2009. And then there's other things that I read that go, man, I cannot believe. Oh, here's one right here. God, uh, what is getting in the way of, of, of me loving you and knowing you? Uh, number, this is in 2009. Too busy. I was in ministry, you know, um, it's been said that if Satan can't 
um, make you bad, he'll make you busy. I used to tell our young singles, I was a young singles college pastor for 10 years. I said, y'all are on the drug of LSB. All right, not LSD, LSB, laziness, selfishness, and busyness. And that's oftentimes what God uses. Well, I mean, in 2009, uh, he was wearing me out. I was a little too busy doing good stuff. But it was, it was preventing me from knowing the Lord intimately as I should. And so uh, I really encourage you, write things down. Uh, that keeps your mind focused, helps you see your progress, your regress. Um, nothing's coincidence. It leads to action. So if I'm reading the Bible, and again, I come across, I come across, we'll go to the New Testament here. I come across something. All right, here, I'm praying for the CMC. Okay, well, look here. I don't have the date here. But I was reading sometime the final judgment where, um, look at this. For I was hungry. And you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. Um, and he's separating the righteous from the wicked. And I, I read this passage. And look at what I wrote down. CMC and recovery ministry. And so I'm praying right now as I read that passage of scripture for our community mission center. That we would be a church. That is feeding the hungry. And it's clothing the naked. And it's making sure that whatever we do in the least of these, you've done into me. And I, I'm praying for the, a recovery ministry. We're in desperate need of being, making sure we want to be a place. Our staff got together two years ago. So what, what, what do we want to be known for? And one of the things that we put on the board is being a healing place. So when people are broken by addiction, they're coming to, to a place where they can meet Jesus. And become healthy and whole. And so, I just go to show you, that's that's like, you know, the CMC, uh, just giving you a little insight. I pray about these things. I pray for that building across the street that God would give it to us. And uh, so we could expand our ministry. I was praying for that. And stuff like this, it it affirms you're praying in the right direction when you start seeing it. When it starts coming, you know. And I was praying for this, uh, I was praying for this earlier this year. Where is that? I think I brought that one with me. And and I'm praying for that building. God, open up this building. I want to expand our CMC. I want to expand our, our care for the community because one of our focus priorities is to love our community. And the, the driving question behind that is if Champion Force disappeared, would the church even, would the neighbors even know it? Would, would, would they even care? And if we love our community like we should, they sure would. And I'm praying for all these things. God, give us that building. Give us that building. And it's like the Spirit of God said, why don't you start doing that ministry and then I'll give you the building. And so we're taking practical steps right now to, to walk out in faith, believing that God will give it to us once we start doing what he's told us to do. So uh, this all happens in uh, your time alone with the Lord, okay? Let me give you some things to look for uh, because you want to get a good study Bible and journal and then I would just say number number three right here, get a plan. I shared with you a little of my plan. Um, I shared with you a little of my plan just in the sense of uh, one, psalm, uh, one proverb a day, three or four psalms, uh, Old Testament chapter, New Testament chapter. But there are a ton of Bible reading plans that you can download. Like, it's no excuse 
to not know what to do or, or how to, I mean, all you have to do is Google Bible reading plans. There's 5,000 of them, probably more than that. Uh, and so just pick one, okay? Just pick one. Doesn't matter. Just start, start reading because this is what builds, uh, the faith. Uh, muscle. Uh, I will give you some things to look for in scripture. Oftentimes our time alone with the Lord gets dry because we don't know what to look for. So as you are engaging with scripture, again, it's live, it's active, sharper than two-edged sword. I just give you some things to look for. Number one, look for sins uh, to uh, forsake. Okay. You want to look for sins to forsake. There are some things in black and white in Bible. Don't do this. First Thessalonians uh, four, flee sexual immorality pretty clear don't do it so oftentimes in in the, in the scripture we'll see sins to forsake i think of joshua uh chapter i believe it's six the sin of achan where uh he sees and he covets and it causes him uh to uh not only israel to lose a battle but it cost him his life and his family's life and everybody that was associated with him life sin has consequences and it all started with him seeing and coveting and so there's, there's examples in uh, the Bible of sins to forsake. Secondly, you can look for commands to obey. Likewise, there are some... Man, I don't know what God wants me to do. There are some things in black and white. You don't have to guess. Uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Black and white. Uh, we just saw one in Ephesians chapter 6. Children, obey your parents. Any children in here? Obey your parents. All right. Uh, it's black and white. Number three, you can look for promises to claim. Psalm 46, we just read it, Psalm 46, 1. God is a refuge and a strength, a very present help in trouble. That is a promise to claim. God, you said in your word. So when we're praying, we're not just saying to God what we, we're praying his word back to him. God, you said in your word that you are a refuge and a strength, a very present help. I need you right now, God. Come through on your word. Uh, I think of Second uh, Corinthians chapter 10. That God will not allow us to be temp- tempted above that which we can bear. But he is, he is faithful. And he will deliver you. He will give you a way out. So when we come up against temptation. That's a promise to claim. God, I am being tempted here. I can sense it. I can feel it. It is right before me. You have promised to give me a way out, Lord. Show it. Show it to me. What is it? So you're looking in scripture for something, you know, this, this is a gold mine right here. And oftentimes, you know, if you're looking for a treasure, you got to have a map. Go here, turn right. Uh, take 10 steps, go left. Start digging here. You got to have a map to find the gold. Well, let this be a map because there's gold in here. Sins to, to forsake, commands to obey, promises to claim, blessings to enjoy. Notice in scriptures, particularly the, I mean, blessings to enjoy. I think of Ephesians chapter 1. It is nothing but one chapter of blessings to enjoy. All that we have in Christ. Ephesians 1, 7. You have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Um, uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And these can be interchangeable. I mean, that's a promise to claim. There's no condemnation. It's also a blessing to enjoy. And so you look for these things. Five, uh, look for um, uh, look for examples to follow. I was reading this this week. 
In my time alone, yesterday, I guess it was. I think it was yesterday, 1 Corinthians. Follow me, be imitators of me as I follow Christ, Paul said. That's an example to follow. In Philippians 2, uh, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but consider others more important than yourselves. Uh, consider Christ, who in the very nature of God did not consider equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking on the form of a servant. That's an example to follow, that we are to, to, to not live out in selfish ambition and vain conceit, but consider others more important than ourselves. So you're just, you're just mining for gold here. Uh, examples follow. Six, how many of us, when we've read the Bible, we've read something, and we go, I have no on earth what that means, and we keep reading. Right? And we never come back to it. Well, what I would encourage you is to put an asterisk by it and come back on day seven in your review time with the Lord because you could do this one day a week. You could take Ephesians chapter one and say, today I'm going to read Ephesians chapter one and I'm only going to look for this. And on day two, I'm going to read Ephesians chapter one and I'm only going to read this. Look for that. On day three, I'm only going to look for this. And, and, and you can take that in six, seven days. You have read Ephesians 1 seven times looking for something different. Well, you'll master Ephesians doing it that way. You can study it at a deeper level. On day seven, it's just a review. So you're going to look back through your journal, what you've written down. You're just going to pray stuff in. And if there's anything that you asterisk, a teaching to learn, rather than just going on about your business and never thinking about it, man, I'm going to, I'm going to ask. I'm going to email Pastor Brent and find out what that means. Can you point me in the right direction? Uh, you could do that. Ephesians is what, six chapters long? In six weeks, man, you could master a, a, a book like that. Because you're reading it every day for seven days, looking for something different. Now, the other thing that I do to close out my time alone with the Lord is typically uh, I'm reading a, a, a book. Uh, to close out my time. So I have my journals. I have my time alone with the Lord. I'm writing stuff down. By the way, this is a Holman Christian study Bible. This is a good uh, Bible, the Holman Christian ESV. Again, what I study from and uh, what I usually go with. Uh, this is my NIV study Bible. Uh, if you were to put me on a deserted island and say you get one study Bible and one only I'm choosing the ESV study Bible and I'm taking it with me because it has articles in the back, theology in the back, great study notes, good cross references. This is the one I'm taking with me, this ESV study Bible uh, right here. So get again, get a good study Bible, get a journal. I have my time with the Lord, my hour of power. And typically that's, you know, it, it can go a little uh, longer or it can, you know, it's like baloney. It can be cut off on either end. OK, we, we can go a little longer or we can cut it off a little bit shorter um, it, it, uh, it just depends on my schedule, my calendar, and when I wake up and what I've got going on. I pray through my calendar, typically, um, in my journal. This is my journal going on this week. I keep this card in my journal. This might be interesting to you. This card right here, God gave me what's on this card. This note card has been with me since two, I got married in 2002, 2003, I, we, Debbie and I went on an anniversary trip after the weekend. I sent her back to Dallas, and I stayed at a lake house that we were staying at for three days of just prayer and fasting and seeking the Lord. I was 23 years old at the time, and I said, Lord, what do you want me to do with the rest of my life? I, I want to articulate a life vision and mission and purpose. And for three days, 
Uh, didn't turn on the radio, didn't turn on music, uh, just me and the Lord. I took walks, I slept a lot, I read a lot, and this is what God gave me. And this has been the filter of my life since 2023. I wanted to be about, number one, pursuing Christ and following hard after Him. I wanted to be known as a man of God more than anything else. Number two, I want to love and lead my family. I didn't even have a family at this time outside my wife, but that's what I wanted to be known as. Like, this is, if you put this on an epitaph, this is success for me. You can, if I do these three things, stamp success across my life. Doesn't matter how well known I am, doesn't matter how good of sermons I preach, none of that matters. Man, if I can do these three things, it's success. Pursue Christ and follow hard after Him. Love and lead my family. And then number three, be a faithful pastor to a local church. That's all I want to do. All I want to do. If I can do that, success. And this is, it's interesting. This has become a filter for which, how I make decisions. Opportunities present themselves sometimes. And they're good opportunities. How do I say yes? How do I say no? Well, if, if I'm gone from the house... And I understand we got, you know, there's opportunities, and, but it's a filter. Is this going to take away from me loving and leading my family? Am I not going to be present at my daughter's game? Uh, you know, I, I, they're only gonna, I got an 18-year-old turned 18 this week. It is, it is on my heart that I got one more year with her. I know they're going to go. So I want to be, be strategic. Um, is, does this help me? Is, does this help champion force? I mean, is this going to take away from my faithfulness? Uh, as being, to being a local pastor, does it divide my interest and my, my time? These, it's a filter. Um, I, I want to advance the kingdom. That's what I want to be about. I wrote this in 2003. And think about what we introduced in January, our focus priorities. Champion Force advances the kingdom. Advances the kingdom. God wrote that on my heart. And now he's writing it with our church. 20 plus years. Amazing. I want to advance the kingdom. I want to penetrate darkness. I want to do damage for the glory of God. We're going to talk about that in the sermon today. How am I going to do this? I want to plant churches, partner with kingdom ministries, and provide evangelism and outreach opportunities. Anyway, this is just a card that I keep. I got a lot of stuff on there you don't care anything about. But um, thinking about prayer right here. uh, So I end my time, ask a lot of questions. I write down, this is from this week. Man, I had a great time this week with the Lord. Uh, But usually I end with prayer requests right there. Um, so, uh, I prayed for Riley cause she's got my oldest, she's got volleyball tryouts. So I was praying for her again. These are just abbreviated prayer requests. I always end my time alone with the Lord with prayer. I prayed for, uh, my health. I'm just praying. I want to, I want to honor the Lord with my, my body. I'm reading first Corinthians. So what does first Corinthians say? Whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And so, you know, I want to, I want to eat Lupe tortilla to the glory of God. All right. Uh, but, uh, I also got to watch myself physically. Uh, you know, I want to take care of the temple. I do. I want to. I want to. I want to take care of the temple. Um, got, we got staff advance coming up in a couple of weeks. That's where we take our entire staff for one day, and it's just a professional development, spiritual development. We pray together. We worship together. We vision cast. So I've got that coming up in September, and I'm just praying for that right now. I'm praying for our team. Uh, just, just that we're preparing our hearts for that. And then I'm praying for the sermon this week. And we're going to see if God answers that prayer here in just a minute. But I'm praying for the sermon that God would speak to me, uh, that, that in my, in my time. My quiet time is very different than my sermon prep time. Okay? Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't use, I don't, I, I just, I've never been able to cross them. 
Now, you'll be amazed at how often what I learn in my quiet time comes out in my sermon. But my sermon prep and my quiet time are two different things. You know what God told me when I came to Champion Forest? And when I say God told me, this is, this is through the Spirit of God, time alone with Him, no verbal voice. I've never heard the voice of God, anything like that. When I say God told me, understand what I'm saying. His Spirit lives in me through His Word, through counsel of other people. That's how the, the, the voice of God works. Um, I was really praying, God, leading a church, it's more than just showing up to preach on Sundays. And I wanted to make sure that I'm giving both my best efforts. I want to pastor and preach. I want to make sure that I'm leading not just our church, but our team. And there's a lot that goes into that. And I sense the Spirit of God saying to me, Jarrett, if you'll take care of the secret place, I'll take care of your sermon. And there's just a commitment on my end that I'm going to take care of the secret place. And it doesn't mean I don't prepare for my sermons. I work hard for my sermons. I put a lot lot of hours in. But I'm telling you this. When I'm taking care of the secret place, it's just like God, when I'm preparing for the sermon, just tees it up a little bit higher for me. You know what I'm saying? Uh, He just shows me a little bit more truth. And so, uh, but uh, what I, I hope to communicate today is that you are only, your relationship with the Lord is only as strong and as effective as your time alone with the Lord. If you're weak and anemic spiritually, chances are your time alone with the Lord correlates with that. Um, and I just want to encourage you. What, we have people in our past who have died, spilled their blood so that this Bible could be translated in a language that we could read and understand. And now, if you're like me, you've got a million of these things at your house, on a shelf. And the Bible says, to whom much is given, much is required. That's not just a stewardship of our resources. It's a stewardship of God's word. The Bible says they overcame him, the enemy, by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And we want to grow in Christ. It will not happen apart from time in his word because this is where we hear from God, where we receive from God. It's relationship 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 and i told you i usually end reading a book right now i'm reading this book called old past new power it's just about awakening your church through prayer and the ministry of the word and i'm going to end with a quote that i read this week and i hope it'll encourage you in your prayer time your time alone with the lord i love this when i read it and i'm going to read it to you as we close Where is it? It's in here. Chapter 4. Here we go. Two elders' wives sat mending their husband's pants. One of them said to the other, Poor John, he is so discouraged by his church work 
just the other day. He said he was considering resigning. It seems like nothing ever goes right for him. The other wife replied, that's too bad. My husband was saying the exact opposite. He's been feeling so inspired lately, it seems like he's closer to the Lord than ever. A heavy silence filled the room as the women continued mending their husband's pants. One in the seat, the other in the knees. Time alone with the Lord. It'll affect your whole life. Make, prioritize your time. Relationship, relationship, relationship. And watch what God does with your life. Amen? All right, let's pray together. Let's pray together. I'm getting you out at 1030 after this prayer. So if you're late to church, it's on you. All right? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we love you. Thank you for this class what they mean to this church. Lord, we pray your blessing on Mark and Becky and their family as they're away. Lord, that he would come back refreshed and renewed in his calling. And Lord, for all of us today, thank you for, uh, Lord, just your word. And we want to, uh, Lord, um, we want to be men and women who seek you. It's the priority of our life. And I just pray that you would, uh, Lord, help us to make time. We know what's important to us. We make time for it. And God, we just ask you uh, to uh, give us a heart for you. I pray often, don't only give me a heart for your word, but give me strength to walk in the desire that you give me. Because God, I know I can do nothing apart from you. I pray this for my brothers and sisters. Uh, I pray, Lord, uh, that you would strengthen them and that you would use them. And that, Lord, I pray that they would look back a year from now. And, Lord, their life, their, their, their faith is so much stronger simply because they made the decision to walk intimately and intentionally with you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Have a great day. Thank you.